three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, Potluck Style Reviews, where you just have the freshest taste on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spicy bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlists. Good morning. This is Milo live and in stereo. And we last left our friend Kanye in 2021 on the tail end of the release of his long anticipated project, Donda. In an outstanding debut, Donda garnered almost 350 million streams and 37,000 sales, according to Rolling Stone, in its first week. So to put that in perspective, that's about 300,000 album units. Kanye was also going through a divorce when we left him, which in recent months has escalated into a bitter conflict. The tension started ratcheting up back in January when Kanye released a diss track about Kim's new boyfriend, Pete. Several mean tweets and a music video later, things are reaching a fever pitch with Kanye now banned from Instagram for targeted harassment. We won't go into all the details. Check out Complex News and BuzzFeed for more info. The point is, in the midst of all this chaos, two significant events have occurred, one worth mentioning and the other the focus of our discussion today. The honorable mention is the release of Donda 2 on February 22nd, which is unfortunately available only via Kanye's new pricey stem player. So if you're willing to shell out the money for that, you can listen to that album. The focus of today's episode, though, is the Netflix documentary Genius, which premiered February 16th and is directed by Cootie Simmons, a longtime friend of Mr. West. So without further delay. Let's get into more detail regarding the chronicle of the life of Kanye Omari West, starting with Mark. What'd you think of Genius? Yeah, so it was it was it was cool. The first thing I'm gonna say that was so surprising to me was how early of footage we got. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like, wait, how in that like you don't you never get any artists with this much footage early on? Like you have a couple of clips of like them, like some cell phone videos of them and the friends or whatever. But Kanye, before he even popped off, before he even started making his first album, before any of that shit, he already has somebody documentary, uh, documenting his life, documenting whatever the fuck you say, his life. Um, it was a close friend of his. And it just kind of blew my mind that we got footage that early. So that's kind of just the first I'm going to say was that blew my mind. Um, but uh, yeah, on top of it, I thought what it really signified to me was it makes sense why Kanye is the way he is. Like it makes so much fucking sense that he has this much self belief to the point to where most people would say it's delusional. Um, this happened, especially when he was, you know, the whole Trump thing, especially when he started running for president, like it's when he kept saying like, like all, like just all these different things, like Nike, like clothing companies and like all this shit, when it was, everybody kept saying like, oh, people are trying to hold me down. People, you know, keep saying I can't do this, but I can, I am good enough. It makes, watching this documentary, you will 100% get why he believes that. Because I'm very, 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 very early on, people were telling Kanye, hey, you can't do this. Like, like, hey, you're a producer, you make beats, like kind of stay in your lane, like don't rap. And then he even showed people his raps. They're like, eh, like you, nah, we're good. We don't really want or need that. He kept showing more people, eh, we're good. He would walk into the, was it the Rockefeller office at one point, just start playing his music, eh, kept passing him up. He finally got signed. Then, eh, we're not going to market your album. We're not even going to get a release date. Like he had to literally every single time force people to accept what he was like putting out and then at some point finally he got enough like ground support to where people were like okay actually like you know what this might be this might be something and as soon as it got showed to the world he became what seemed like the biggest fucking artist of the time and so it makes sense that from every time after that he's going to carry that mindset of fuck what you're saying because you're wrong and I'm better than you think I am. And he's just kind of kept that ever since. It seems like he has never let that go, which has, I mean, obviously you can see how it's worked to his positive or his um, benefit of just how far he's gotten and the, the heights he's been able to reach. But then very obviously we've seen the work to his detriment as of right now with this whole Kim and Pete thing of just like, he refuses to believe he's wrong. He, he will utterly refuse to believe he is wrong in any situation and it's impossible to change his mind because he just thinks that you're 
negative and working against them. But yeah, that's so overall, just like that was the initial impressions I got from the documentary. Uh, it just makes sense that kind of is the way he is. Alan? So if it, Mark, for as long as we've been friends, you've known that Kanye is someone who I very, very, very much look up to. I think being being like an Asian kid growing up in the 90s and the 2000s, there was no Simu Liu. There was no there were no Asian celebrities beyond like Jackie Chan. Right. Mm -hmm. So Kanye, as I was growing up, was kind of this force in music who was coming from like an outside perspective, but still had music that was like very catchy and had a lot of messages that I could get behind, whether it be like the first time I heard Jesus walks or um, the first time I heard all falls down. I felt like I really connected with, I mean, Kanye's cultivated personality, like for someone who just for me to see someone who wasn't white kind of making those waves, I think like, I really connected with. And I just mentioned that because I'm someone who's been ride or die with Kanye since, since then. And when I say like, I've been through the ups and downs with his career through every time people have told me I've been dumb for continuing to listen to Kanye's music. The first time was that I remember was right after Taylor Swift and all that happened. Um, like I've, I've really stuck with him through this whole time. And I think that it was just kind of surreal for me to go on this journey through, like, like you said, it's, it goes back to, fuck like 2001 2002 years before a college dropout came out and i actually hadn't watched it until a couple of nights ago i think um i didn't know that cootie had been documenting con kanye since that time and i had gotten the impression that this was something like like tom brady or chance the rappers documentaries that they did about themselves where they just decided oh like i'm just gonna make this about myself and I'm going to put it together really fast. And it's going to be kind of like a puff piece. What, like to speak to the documentary, like as quality wise, it's it's something that has been in the works for legit 20, like 20 years, you know? And it's just, they decided to finish it now with COVID. And what I thought we were getting the Chance documentary, we're actually getting was the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary something that has been in the works for years and that Netflix said, Hey, we want to release this. We're going to fucking give Cootie. We're going to give you a lot of money to finish this and premiere it on our platform. And so I think that in that sense, the documentary was just way, way better than I could have ever asked. And I asked for and like expected to be honest. Um, the, the first two episodes were kind of what I expected into talking about the early come up and there was like there's footage there's footage that i never would have like expected like you can see the first time that like jay-z sees him rap you could see you could see when he like my favorite moment in the whole series is when he goes to well there's a couple but one of my favorites is when he goes to pharrell's house yeah, and he just had pharrell. that was the great yeah, idea <laughs> he just had his car crash and he's talking about hey i was in the hospital and i wrote this song through the wire and i want like i'm already fucking getting into it and i want to play you this song pharrell through the wire that i wrote while my mouth was literally wired shut and pharrell is just fucking floored and so pharrell hears it he's fucking losing his mind he walks out of his room and he comes back and he tells and he tells Kanye, like, look, you're I have no doubt you're a star and you're someone who is who has the capability to make more of these hits. But the, the piece of advice that Pharrell gives to Kanye in that moment is you need to never stop doubting yourself. Keep your friends around. Never stop doubting yourself. And I. If ever there was one thing talking about, like, what's so different about the new Kanye, what? what is what is lost with the Pete Davidson stuff and everything that's happening now? It's Kanye's not stopping to reflect like what he's saying when he supports Donald Trump. He's not stopping to think about what what's it mean when I release an album for two hundred dollars only on this hardware that no one's gonna gonna really buy. I think that that advice from Pharrell sometimes modern Kanye is having 
a harder time like living up to that and really following through. And I think it's just, I don't know. I know that part of the documentary Kanye wants to like get across is there's no such thing as the old Kanye, that Kanye has always been who he is. He's someone who just contains these multitudes. But I think for me, just as someone who's followed his career, I think in the beginning, like we can see with him and him and Cootie in the beginning in like O2 and these rappers are like, hey, give me your beats for free. Like, I like your beats. Give me them for free. Kanye is willing to say, no, I know what you're really doing. You're just trying to, to use me. But now with people like Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens, he's not willing to look deeper and question those things anymore when when they support him and when they say nice things about him. So I think it's really illuminating. It's. I, I know I'm rambling. I'm already reviewing the thing, but it was just like a really impactful documentary for me to see. And there's a lot of moments that I'm going, that I'm already like looking back on and thinking about like when me and Kanye were in Tokyo at the same time and went to a museum, he went to a museum and rented out the whole thing right after I did in 2009, right after I went to it the day before um, was, was kind of insane. And yeah, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. It's uh, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I, I really did. And it's really easy. Like even my mom watched the first episode and she was like, I understand now why you've always like really looked up to this person. And I think episode one, it's really easy to see, to see how that, like Mark, you mentioned that unwavering faith in yourself for a kid who's trying to break into the music industry is so, so, so cool. But it, when you're at the top, it's not as appealing. Uh, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Uh, uh, Milo, what did you think overall of the doc? Okay, so I'm not, I just want to give people an idea of what to expect. So let me see if I can do this. So this documentary is going to extend over three episodes. Your average episode is going to be about 30 minutes. It's going to chronicle the life of Kanye. Oh, well, it's his an hour and career. 15 each. Like it's more than 30 minutes each. Well, yeah, did I say 30 minutes? I'm oh, sorry, an hour yeah. and 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't do the cootie voice that well, <laughs> but that's kind of what you should expect from the narration. This, So what's in store for you? It's a three-episode three documentary. Each episode is about 90 minutes long. And originally, these were released on a weekly basis. So now for everyone listening to this, it's going to be released in its entirety, so you don't have to wait, as some people had to when it initially came out. And it's not going to be what you're used to as far as documentaries so first of all the narration most people are used to having some movie star coming to narrate a documentary right you get whatever the sean bean from game of thrones or what's his name joaquin phoenix to or george clooney or something that's not the case here so cootie mm-hmm. narrates himself and it's it's different as far as the way he narrates kanye's life as well as the footage so as both Mark and Alan have mentioned, this is, I mean, this was footage that was recorded from basically day one from Channel Zero when Kanye was on the, you know, at the premiere with, with Rockefeller. We got footage of him that early. Yeah, when well, he's wearing them yeah. corny, corny glasses yeah. <laughs> with the, when he's got the braces on and everything. So a lot of people now for documentaries, especially Netflix documentaries, we're very used to this like really high definition. And you have, you know, the person with the accent come in and analyze all of the data telling us. And then you go from, per, you know, with their official title and name at the bottom right hand corner of the screen. It's it's nothing like that. This is I don't want to say found footage because none of it's staged. It's all it's all live. But you are basically looking at home videos. Home videos would be the closest thing I could compare it to with Cootie narrating over it. So just keep that in mind when you go into it, the narration and the, uh, the actual style of documentary he does. And another thing to keep in mind is that to me, the pacing could have been better, but I don't think it could have been avoided because yeah, it might've had totally to do agree. with. Totally agree. Cause when at a certain had point, access to Kanye yeah, too. Yeah. To Kanye. And there was a point where he, uh, Kanye wanted him to stop filming. Right. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly. I mean, just in general, he just stopped hanging Kanye just didn't have him around anymore, but there was one scene particularly where he was like, yeah, stop filming, which that kind of like signified like, oh, okay, he doesn't want me to be like this person anymore because at first it was film everything. And Kui also ended up having a son and things like that. So the... A daughter. The college... Oh, forgive me. A daughter (laughs) having a child. It's all good. Yeah. 
the college dropout gets a Dave fleshed that out. I feel like I was very intimately equated with the origin story of the college dropout. The for late registration, it gets a pretty good treatment. And then I feel like they kind of just mentioned graduation. They didn't really go in depth. And then we basically jumped through what Beautiful Dark Green Fantasy, we watched the throne, what four or five albums. You get and, like five yeah, it picks back up post Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then we're talking about Sunday service and Connie has a completely new accent now and says energized instead of excited. So just keep in mind of the pacing when you go into this. Overall, I think it was, to be honest, I think I think it was a good documentary. I just didn't enjoy it as much because it's not the style of documentary that I'm used to. That's all I'll say is that it was different from, it was weird for me to get used to the style that they did it in. Other, but other than that, I think it was a very inspirational story and also really tragic. I think it was a very good argument that if you could get a time machine and go back and stop Donda from going to that appointment, Alan, you mentioned she was a liposuction. Mm-hmm. If you, we would have a completely different Kanye. I have even arguably maybe even a happier Kanye to this day. I think his mom probably would have been the few people, one of the few people, if the only person that could probably talk him out of a lot of the bullshit he was doing. The one voice yep. in the air that he would actually listen to. But since his mom died, he was just kind of like, she would always support me. He has this image, like, oh, she would always say yes or agree with what I'm doing. So I think that, like, he just kind of has that in his head. Um, there's one scene, though, where him and his mom are just sitting there rapping, and he's rapping the song about her and about, you know, uh, whatever song he made for her. I don't know what song it is. But him, hey, mama. Him and her, yeah, him and her are both rapping it like in the kitchen and she's rapping like every lyric to the verse too. I'm like, man, that's such a cool fucking scene, dude. Like I just thought it was so sick that like him and his mom were just sitting in the kitchen he's rapping about buying her a house and all this shit. And I was like, man, that's cool as fuck. Um, and uh, yeah, just seeing the support he really had from her, like it just kind of made a lot of sense like why he was the way he was. Um, but yeah, Milo, I agree with you, and like, and just like, it was good, but it just wasn't the type of doc that I like. One, they just did not have the footage needed for a full Kanye documentary. Like, maybe I almost would have rather them have called it like the early years or something like something like that, and then have like part of the last episode, like, oh, here's what he's up to now, though. But when you just kind of call it or like market it as like, oh, here's a Kanye documentary, and you do his first couple years skip like a whole decade and do the last couple of years. Yeah. It's like, yo, what the hell, bro? Like, I thought I was getting like something of a full <laughs> documentary. This is not a full documentary in any means. This is the early years of Kanye with current events, um, which is fine. I just wish I would have known that coming into it because then I was just let down when so much got skipped over. Like so much gets skipped over. I got, I'm not, we're not exaggerating. We say like, like a decade, like I, I think almost like a full decade, if not more, you just, there's nothing they talk about. Um, and then like also with, if you watch the, you know, Last Dance of Jordan Doc, that they had interviewed a lot of people, a lot of people were speaking on there. Whereas with this, it was Cootie narrating, but I don't, were, there wasn't a single like, like separate, like person interview, right? Almost like the office where they're just like interviewing the person. They didn't have any of that in this documentary, right? It was just purely no, no that's not yeah. what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. at all. So, so yeah, so there was there was like whereas in the Jordan documentary, they're interviewing Scottie Pippen, they're interviewing you know Dennis Rodman, they're interviewing the coaches, they're inter- they're interviewing everybody afterwards to give their perspective on what was happening. Like I would have loved if they were would have interviewed Dame Dash and like hear him talk about like yeah, well like, this time I thought Kanye was like this or whatever you know. I would love if he would have interviewed like Jay Z and him talking about this, this like just like all the people around him. But once again, this wasn't like a scheduled. Oh, hey, we're gonna do this big thing. It was more so. Oh, Cootie's been working on this documentary for a while, and he has some cool footage. Hey, finish it up. You know, here's some money to finish it up. So yeah, it's just it's just a different type of documentary, and it's 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 special just for the reason of how early it is though. Like I can't imagine any other documentary of this big of a star getting done this early. It's solely for the fact that Kanye got some money really early on by getting on the blueprint for a production and then was able to, Hey, like say like, Hey, can you just document me? Cause I feel like I'm going to be famous one day. <laughs> like he yeah. was just able to get that. Like it's absolutely insane that we have footage that early. So for me, like that's like the cool part of it, but I definitely agree with Milo and that like, it would have been cool to have like 
more voices heard on it, more perspectives, more this and that. But yeah, it more and more and more felt like an early footage of Kanye thing, more so than a documentary. But yeah, overall, I thought so, it was. So I'm just going to be kind of like the defender of the doc in the sense that obviously, like one of my favorite rap album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, gets just like one second mention in in this doc, and it just like Taylor Swift. Like that whole thing is talked about for like a minute, you know, but if they had spent an like an extra episode and they have to, and they had to like kind of insert stuff that wasn't just like raw footage that Cootie had, I feel like it would have made the documentary weaker in my opinion, because everything that we get from, from those early days and everything that we get from when Kanye invited Cootie to come back to the Dominican Republic with him in like 2016, like that's just pure, just straight camera watching what's happening. You know, I feel like that whole time when Kanye didn't really have Cootie around as much, like that's where Kanye could kind of twist the narrative into whatever he wanted it to be, where he could do the like, the chance the rapper doc thing where he can kind of just say like, Oh, and this is how it happened. This is how it happened. I, I think what I admire so much about this documentary is that they're willing to just like to show you, you know? Um, and so the fact that we got those gaps sucks, but that's just how, that's how it was. And to me, that speaks to how authentic it is that I wasn't expecting that authenticity at all going into it, you know? Yeah. I, I, the pacing could have been better, but it couldn't have been avoided. Like this is supposed to be yeah, a yeah. raw footage style documentary. So you need someone there. And when Cootie has his own life and Kanye doesn't want to be filmed sometimes, and then there are obviously going to be gaps. But it is, I, I do, it is kind of a tragedy to, to think about how just like that block of time from probably 08 to the release of, to the release of dark fantasy is just one of those times that a lot of people like a lot of fans like myself would love more more talk of when kanye was just kind of like locked himself in hawaii for a year and recorded my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just low-key inviting all these artists to come in and work but um i think what we got was was actually really was really great for me um what did you guys I guess how I guess I'll ask this in kind of a way. What do you guys think of the old Kanye versus the new Kanye? Do you guys how much do you guys buy into that, Milo? What do you mean buy into that? Like what do I Kanye, prefer? Has he changed? Like when he talks about like people always want the old Kanye, but I've always been myself. Do you think that he has fundamentally changed in some way? Based on just the doc speaking about a man that neither of us know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, his whole his whole manner of speaking has even changed. I feel that in the beginning, I don't know, something about his personality right now seems really contrived and affected. Whereas before, it was more genuine and relaxed and natural. The genius, his motivation, I think, is consistent. I don't think that's ever going to mm. go away. But his ego is and that I think one of, so I think the turning point was that moment at, after late registration won a Grammy. It was right. And he's in the pink suit after he'd been drinking all the Hennessy. Uh, oh, and he was that's kind of wilding when he was talking to. Cootie. Yeah. And he was talking to Cootie and kept calling him uh, Chike. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah. that was the flip where his head started getting a little too big. And you can see it kind of in Cootie's, Cootie had the face like, like yeah, man, okay, chill, man, chill. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's changed. Um, I would not say that he's changed in terms of like how he acts or what he does. I would say he's changed and solely that his ego's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So like he's been acting the same and doing the same, like kind of the same things, I would say, but he was doing it with less money and less ego. And as his ego increases and his net worth increases, that mindset gets more and more dangerous. And so for me, it's just like the reason where like we see Kanye now and we're like, 
man, this man is just crazy in everything he's doing. Like, it's just so big. He was doing crazy shit back then, but it was like, like, at first it's, you know, kind of wilding out with Cootie, snatching the mic from, like, Taylor Swift and, like, not breaking in, but kind of, like, walking in the Rock Nation and then saying, like, hey, you know, listen to my album. Like, it's great. Now it's shit like, hey, uh, slavery was a choice. Now it's, hey, I vote for Donald Trump or Republicans. Now it's, hey, I'm going to be president. Now it's, hey, you know, Skeet Davidson, I'm going to send people to murder you. Like, I can do that. I have that power. Like, it's just like, it's just, he's had this, like, the same antics, in my opinion, but they just get raised with as his ego gets raised over time. Because think about it, the more you keep going into battles and the more you keep winning, why the fuck would you ever believe you could lose? Like, ever. Like, he's mm. just, every time he goes into a situation, he comes out bigger and better. Every fucking time. And so if every year he just gets bigger and bigger, his net worth keeps increasing, his fans or his fame keeps increasing, why the fuck would he ever think what he's doing is wrong? Ever. Like, he, just, he has no reason to believe that whatsoever. And so, it, like, to me, I don't think he's changed. I just think that he's grown in the direction he was already going. Like, he hasn't changed direction. He's just grown more in that same direction. I would say, but what about you, Alan? But you did kind of mention that. You don't think he's changed, right? You said that? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I asked that question because I don't really know what the answer is. I think, mm -hmm. like, a lot of this, like, when we watch the early footage, you see Kanye, like, his his mom in 03 said, like, oh, Kanye, people call him a narcissist sometimes. And people say he only talks about himself. And, I mean, that's just kind of been the narrative, right? I, but, but it's undeniable to me that a lot of the stuff that Kanye, like, says now about Skeet, like, that Wait, the person I watch... We should stop calling that. We should call him Pete. <laughs> I, I think he did it on accident. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was like, we should call him Pete. I should have okay, called him Pete. Uh, that was my fault. About, <laughs> about, about Pete, Skeet, Hillary's boyfriend, whatever you call him. But, um, like, I think early Kanye would have that recognition. And what one criticism that I think I do have to mention about the doc, but is kind of like maybe legally binding, is that Kanye was actually married before Kim. Uh, to a woman who is not like very well known and famous and she doesn't get mentioned at all in this documentary and neither does Kanye's relationship with Amber Rose so in the same year that. yeah that didn't even get mentioned yeah and in the same year that Donda died um, Kanye had his divorce and so I think that during kind of that really tumultuous period one something like something snapped in Kanye that that's just a lot of emotional trauma happening in a very short period of time, which is going to have effects. And then two, Donda was the person who was like basically the only person who could tell Kanye to stop something mm -hmm. and he would listen to it. And so, you know, as much as someone now could say like, Kanye, why can't you just make good music? Kanye, what happened to this this other person who made the college dropout who wrote Family Business? Like, what? Like, why can't you go back to that? The one person who he would listen to is now gone. And now Kanye is surrounded by yes men. Now Kanye has, um, has fucking produced by Zach on Instagram saying Kanye to go no cap. And just like, no matter what he does. So now, now, now not only does Kanye not have the one person who's going to tell him no and is going to tell him he's going too far, but he has millions of people who have immediate access to him in the social media age competing for his attention by being the nicest to him. Candace Owens, I bring up as an example, who just tries to get re who tries to get like mentioned by Kanye by just supporting whatever he says. And you know, I think that when uh, there was a scene actually with uh, when they were in the car and Kanye was watching Tucker Carlson. Oh, I remember that. Tucker, yeah, 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 yeah. And and back in and Cootie is in the car with him and he's like, dude, just turn off Tucker. Like, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about you. And it just, it, I flash back to episode one when Cootie was like, I think this rapper is just trying to get beats for free. I think he's just trying to get beats for free. He just wants something from you for free. And 
early Kanye listened to Cootie and was like, okay, I believe you. I think he just wants these beats. But Kanye in 2020 was not willing to listen to Cootie and say Tucker is just trying to get some clout and doesn't actually care about you at all by just like, you know, he's paid off by anti-abortion people anyway, but Kanye's not willing to listen to that. He's just like, oh, I like Tucker Carlson because everyone says black people can't like Tucker Carlson and he's kind of just supporting my abortion views. So I like him now. And so I think that that ability to distinguish is now is what's lost with with like Donda being dead, with Kanye being like so rich and so powerful and so fucking heralded at this like at at this moment. Um, It's I mean, it's sad, but it's just uh, I see I just wish that he would be better at like knowing who his real friends are, if that makes sense. I yeah, agree, but I mentioned at a certain point, it's just it's almost it becomes even old friends start getting new motivations. So I imagine just hey, yeah, at a certain point, it's just probably difficult as fuck. But yeah, I do, I do think he. I mean, imagine with all the mental health issues that Kanye has, or at least you know says he has, like having people that are just always there to support you and your ideas just probably seems like the best thing ever because he just like he had, it seems like he has no. It seems like he has no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, no block in his head, no filter that says, hey, should we really do this? Like your average person seems to have that. Kanye doesn't. Like it just seems like he gets an idea and he just fucking runs with it. Like he doesn't himself have a block and then he doesn't have anyone else around him to block those ideas. And so it just seems like they like get the ball and they just go. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's really sad to see just how wild it all got. Um, real quick, though, I do want to mention a scene that I did think was really dope that I really actually kind of had me hyped. Was you know, that picture we always see from the uh, uh, Life of Pablo listening party in the stadium with Kid Cudi right next to Kanye and they're like mm-hmm. in the stadium, like seeing the actual footage was like yo this is hype right now and i remember yeah. like, the whole documentary i was just kind of just sitting there chilling watching it you know just taking it in that was the one part where i remember i was just like yay and like you see him walking to the arena and like i just only ever saw the picture and like a couple like small little clips but seeing the whole footage of like that whole 10 minute span where like they walk in, he's talking on a microphone, he's just playing the songs, and fucking seeing Kid Cudi just get hella hype for the part, and like I was like, yo, this shit is lit right now, like that that looked like a time, yeah, dude, bro. And like, what are you talking about, Life of Pablo or Kidsy? Life of Pablo, Kidsy Ghosts, Life of Pablo, Life of Pablo, because Kid Cudi was also like at the party and like he was involved in Life of Pablo too, just not turned the fuck, yeah. Oh, that was a great scene that I really enjoyed. Um. Yeah, were, were there any particular scenes? Like, I know, Alan, you kind of mentioned already the Pharrell, um, but, like, Milo, were there any, like, particular scenes that stood out to you that were, like, oh, this is, like, really cool or dope or, like, awesome to see? Yes, so I particularly enjoyed the scenes where he was getting blown off because it's just, it's amazing being someone in 2022 watching people in the early 2000s. It's like, you guys have no idea like that is the closest (laughs) thing i can imagine to what it would be like to feel like jesus when if you were jesus and people blew you off you like i'm literally the son of god like if you only knew (laughs) so i enjoyed the scenes when he was going through rockefeller like doing his raps and you knowing that this man's a billionaire now i think he's richer than jay-z right and another another scene i really enjoyed when you were mentioning about getting an idea and running with it. So a while back, I can't remember what the context was. I think it was for our Kanye discography review. Alan mentioned one of the best things that Kanye is good at is aces in their places. Like, look, you were very good at the triangle. So just do that and follow my cue. So you get this footage of him for through the, through the wire, he gets this choir together and is basically, I, I don't know it, they were putting it together for the music video for the footage, but I thought that was an excellent like demonstration of like what Kanye is, like getting people to do what they're best at. And then I'm just going to assume it was a church choir. It's, it seems like it would having that sort of Chicago kind of gospel influence with, you know, this 
large array of voices singing out this refrain. That was cool. Those are just two I'd, I'd like to mention. You could, I mean, you could talk about the footage of him being in the dentist uh, not uh, orthodontist. Oh, the dentist yeah, office. That yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That was, I remember sitting there like, first of all, this doctor or whatever talker kind of wild to Kanye right now. I thought like, Kanye <laughs> was about to say some shares, but uh, it was wild how he was like, yo, let's just shoot the video right here. Like, this will be the fucking video. Like, you just in the office getting the fucking wires removed and shit, and you're just kind of like sitting there rapping through it or whatever. And like, I just love that like authenticity. We kind of like you were mentioning, Alan. It was just felt so fucking authentic just to have that footage of like, Yo, at one point, Kanye's like tearing up because it fucking hurts and shit like that. He's acting a doctor. Yo, I got a music video. I got to shoot in two months, man. I need to look pretty. Like, y'all, y'all got to fix this, bro. And it's just like, it's it's cool to see all that. It's cool and funny to see all that. Um, I really, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was cool. <laughs> so there was this really surreal moment. I think it's towards the end of episode one where or it might even been episode two, but Dame has his house in LA. Kanye is producing for another rapper. Cootie is with him. And Kanye goes to Dame's house and he's going to try to get some more funding for his album at Dame's house in, in LA. And so Kanye goes, and I forget what song he plays, but Dame doesn't like give him any money for the budget at that time. Mm-hmm. But on TV, like you see that the NBA finals are happening on the tv and what cootie turns the camera and you can see this really iconic moment of alan iverson stepping over ty Lu on the television during the dark that's so crazy in in the finals on on cootie's camera in this documentary that he just happened to get because he wanted to see the game at dame's house and it's just one of the most iconic moments for like (laughs) like NBA history this like another early 2000s icon Allen Iverson and like him being in LA and it being the Lakers I just like I thought that was just an incredible just moment of like pure coincidence that Dame just happened to get the TV or that uh, Cootie got Dame's TV of that huge moment in NBA history while Kanye was trying to get money from Dame and from Rockefeller I like I don't know if it if you're not into the NBA and don't know NBA history, that might not be, that might not seem so crazy, but just like thinking about how I was just like (laughs) nine years old at this time. And like how iconic of a moment that was for, for Cootie to just get that on the TV, just like was one small thing that Mm -hmm. fucking blew me away. Also, also I I have another one. I just want to bring up from that time when he's working with Jamie Foxx, I loved everything jamie fox did in this in this doc yeah. like he's not in a lot but it wasn't it, it it was what's the slow jam slow jams is the song off yeah. of um <laughs> off of college dropout but what, dude when jamie hears jamie hears the track and he just like has that same that same charisma why he's a celebrity and he's fucking fucking with it and he goes into the recording studio and he puts on the chorus. He sings it well. He's talking about the oldies that he loves. And seeing Jamie and Kanye just kind of go at it, I think it's just like seeing pure happiness just kind of happening at once. And Jamie Foxx even like played a bigger deal than I knew in the creation of the album because Kanye was having such a hard time getting recording studio time. That was wild. That- I had no idea about that. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx just had a, had a studio in his house that he could like record the whole track and a couple other tracks like at and like get them produced and mastered there when like well, Rockefeller wouldn't do that for him, you know? So it's just like, it. I had no idea that like, I knew Jamie Foxx in the early days, like he's on albums, he's on two albums of Kanye's, but I didn't know just like how important his fucking house recording studio was. So I think Jamie Foxx comes, look, comes out of this doc looking just like, I mean, better than Jay Z, even you know. Well, um, I, mean, I love not, I love the Jamie Foxx scenes. I mean, not even just Jamie Foxx though. Like, I was surprised where he was like, yeah, like he'd go and like go to other rapper sessions and like you know he would like basically like like do trades like, hey, I'll give you a beat, just let me like 
use the last 45 minutes of your studio time or some shit, you know, like he was just out there yeah. hustling any way possible, whether it's Jamie Foxx's house, whether it's other rapper studio sessions, like he was finding any time possible to get some recording time because his record label was not paying for any. Like, that's what I mean. Like, even once this motherfucker got signed, which he thought was finally it, they still were like, nah. And like, he still had to like 100% himself force that album through. And then it ended up being one of the greatest. So it's just like, yeah, just the more I think about it, the more I'm like, dude, it makes so much sense why he just will never, never think he's wrong. Everyone keeps doubting him and he keeps succeeding. <laughs> it just makes so much sense. Um, I wanted to ask y'all, what uh, what did y'all think? Because I mean, we talked about whether Kanye changed or not, which is debatable whether he changed, but definitely his surroundings and capabilities changed. And you see that very strongly because we actually get such a big jump from kind of late registration graduation era all the way to i think you said like yeah post-seasons uh pre uh life of pablo and then kind of right after that then a kind of pretty big jump to um uh jesus is, i think i don't even know if they really touch on yay that much but yay jesus king and then donda and so i don't know what, what to you guys was like a big difference that stood out once you kind of started seeing could he film those later years or was there any difference that y'all saw the most the well the easiest thing you notice first right off is in that moment cootie now has an expensive camera and the whole the rest of the part three is going to be shot in like pure hd and you can see like and that's a really small thing to to notice that you go from grainy footage of 2002 kanye to full hd this is the quality of video that you would expect from like a Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be, I don't know, just like, that's kind of a small microcosm of just like how far Cootie and Kanye have come together. And like, without getting too deep about it, I thought even that was really jarring for me to just go to feel like I'm watching something that's so modern. Uh, Milo? Biggest distance, yeah, the biggest difference to me that stood out was the distance between the two of them yeah mm. uh, yeah. yeah yeah i felt like the, the early part there was a lot more of cootie talking to kanye like he's coming kanye and talking to him at the same time so kanye's talking directly to the camera and the second portion or i mean the last episode but i mean second portion of the story you don't see kanye talking to the camera nearly as much like kanye is doing his shit and cootie's just observing it Whereas, like, in the first portion, mm -hmm. Cootie is with Kanye doing this shit. And so, like, Cootie's interacting with Kanye. Kanye's constantly talking to the camera because he's talking to Cootie. But in the second portion, you almost, like, the I think the part where he's in the car talking about the car song is the only part I can really think of. After that, he almost is, like, never actually interacting with Cootie. Cootie's just kind of there, like, filming. Whereas Kanye, and Kanye even almost quite literally at times has a wall around him. Like, just people to where, like, he's almost impossible just to penetrate to like get to you know i remember this one scene where it showed it was hard for cootie to like even like actually get up to talk to Kanye because there were just so many people surrounding him so like you could see where where cootie goes from inner circle to outer circle um and that's you know kind of jarring um but and then i think uh, the another difference that i saw is it went from people kind of like doubting Kanye. i mean i feel like people it kind of doubted Kanye all through, but it goes from the downing Kanye and be like, oh, Kanye, like, you're crazy, or like, nah, man, I don't know, or maybe later, or whatever, oh, we'll get you next time. Then to the second portion, it's like, all right, yeah, 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 no, we'll do that. Right, yeah, 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 Kanye, that sounds like a great idea. Like, there's one part where he's, like, in Hawaii, and he has, like, a fucking bulletproof vest on and flip-flops, and he's talking to some, like, white executives, and he's just, like, saying, I remember I started dying laughing, me and Juan watching it, and he kind of starts saying some crazy shit, like some crazy shit. And these wise actually are like, yeah, 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 of course, Kanye, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I just remember cracking up because I'm like, yeah. Yo, Kanye is off his rocker right now. But like, these motherfuckers are like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll go with it, you know, it's what it is. And yeah, that's just, I don't know, I just thought that shit was funny. But those were a couple things that really, I thought, me. I thought that was funny too. And there's, there's some there's some line on the life of Pablo. I'm not even remembering what track it's on, but he says it's funny, dog. I ain't spoken to niggas in centuries, <laughs> and that's and that line really stuck out to yeah. me there. That now, 
now here's Kanye surrounded by like powerful old white men versus like you think back to episode one when it's like him common consequence and rhyme fest in a small apartment in chicago like that's just insane to think about you know like that how far that is just a fun fact by the way you can uh, watch the interview on vlad tv on youtube just go uh you, you know google it apparently shaka khan did not appreciate what kanye did with the oh, yeah. sample for through the through the wire Really? I didn't know that. Nah, she felt like he ruined the song. Oh, yeah, actually, I do remember singing that somewhere. Actually, yeah, never mind. I do remember that. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of talk to to say about the doc, but uh, Anna, is there anything else specifically that y'all want to bring up before we wrap this up? Or no, I think uh, you go ahead. I'm gonna take forever. You go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't I don't have anything else to add. So Alan, go ahead. Uh, just I think I think it was kind of emotional for me to just as someone who like like I've said I've been ride or die with Kanye since I was like a little child, you know. And I I think there was a moment when Kanye actually <laughs> I texted this to Mark in 2020 and I, and he didn't respond when this happened. Um, but it was a big deal to me. Uh, but Kanye actually came out to San Francisco where I'm from and, um, visited this artist who he really likes named Tina Frey. And Tina makes these, these bowls that Kanye loves that you make in kind of a Japanese style of pieces that you put together and fill gold in the middle of them. And I think it was kind of just, like when I hear about San Francisco in the media, it's always like, oh, there's there's poop on the ground. Oh, there's like there's a drug problem that's uh, oh, that's rampant and nothing good happens or comes out of there. Or like it's the it's the fucking Golden Gate Bridge where people jump off and kill themselves all the time. And it's kind of like I hadn't heard anything good about San Francisco in a long time from like any kind of large media source. Um, but. I think in the same way that San Francisco has a lot of really, really great, amazing art and a lot of great, amazing things about it. I think Kanye, it was cool for me to see Kanye as someone who appreciated San Francisco and came out here to like, to meet one of the local artists and like give San Francisco kind of a good name. Cause I feel like just like Kanye gets kind of overly hated on in the media, San Francisco does a lot. So as someone who is from the city, who is a massive Kanye fan, I really loved that Kanye then came to San Francisco and like promoted San Francisco artist was um, was probably a bigger deal to to me than I think you guys might understand in the moment, especially because Kanye is someone who back in the day was talking about like, like, remember that first Rockefeller show in Chicago when he was like, this is for you, Chicago, like, I want you guys up here with me next time i've like to see kanye recognize san francisco in that way just kind of like gave me that first rockefeller chicago show moment um on a much smaller scale and like and again like i said kanye just like as the one person as i had no kind of like asian celebrity growing up to look up to like kanye kind of was was that guy for me and so that so all these years later, when I was already fucking 27 years old, when Kanye came out there and just like actually gave San Francisco some good press for once, um, was a small, a small thing that I really, really loved. He had his uh, Pablo rant in Sacramento. Hey. <laughs> that was, that yes, he, he did. That was in yeah. Sacramento. Then the next day he was hospitalized. So, yep, that shit was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, yeah. he uh, he proposed to Kim in San Francisco. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I do. I never even would have thought about it until you said it. How they, yeah, they didn't bring up Amber Rose. I completely forgot about that shit, dog. Completely forgot. They did not bring that up at all. Um, and yeah, I didn't even know he was married before that. But again, that is a part of Kanye's life that Cootie wasn't Cootie wasn't around that much during then. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Anywho, uh, spice a meter. <laughs> uh, I am going to give this dog a spicy. I think it gets a spicy purely for the fact that we just get crazy early found, like, well, not found footage, but as Milo said, just like early raw footage, home video footage. Like, early, early, and there's a lot of it. Actually, a little too much. I think they should have cut some out. But there's a lot of early footage of Kanye that is just, especially if you really like Kanye, it's just like anything, like getting early footage of your favorite artist. It's like, wait, what? Like, I didn't, I never, this is crazy to see. And so I think if you're, if you're, if you're not a Kanye fan, or you're just in general, like a music fan or interesting Kanye, you'll like it. If you're a Kanye fan, you'll fucking love it. So I think it's a spicy. Milo? Can't hear you. I'm giving it a spicy. Is that it? Okay, I'll go on my long ass rant. Uh, I obviously am giving this a very spicy. I think that, oh, also my mom watched episode one with me and she kind of, she understood Kanye after. I think that, that it, Kanye could have easily done this and just completely took all the production reins and made himself look perfect in every way and could have made a shitty documentary that would have done very well. That would have made a lot of money. But to me, this was so much more authentic than I could have ever asked for. And again, I am I am the that hardcore fan that Mark was talking about, that like was always that was always going to love it. But I'm also someone who, like, I worked at a bookstore for two years after college, and I hate biography as a genre. I think it's incredibly fake in general, and I can like I can smell when a biography or a documentary has a lot of involvement and went through a lot of like went through a lot of cleaning up and this this is authentic so get it with that authenticity with some amazing like early footage i never would have thought that we would just be able to see the first time that pharrell heard through the wire is that's crazy to me man uh, this is i mean this is maybe my favorite documentary now like i I don't know, just being, seeing that footage, remembering where I was during each of these moments during Kanye's life, like 2016 was a really, really hard year for me. And it was a really hard year for Kanye. And then seeing those ups and downs since then, it was just, I don't know, it was so authentic. I loved Cootie uh, as a director and as a person, I think as someone who, is like a really good influence on Kanye, who's someone who's been there since the beginning. So I, I loved this. I, I really did. So it's a very spicy. Great. Well, y'all, with that being said, uh, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you haven't yet, definitely go check out the Kanye doc. It's called Gene Yes, J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S on uh, Netflix. Check it out, it's three episodes. As Milo mentioned, about an hour and a half each. Um, really good, really cool. Like I said, not a Kanye fan, you'll like it. If you're a Kanye fan, you'll fucking love it. So check it out. Next week, we have a fun discussion topic we are excited to bring up that will for sure get spicy. Uh, you'll have to just check out the next episode to see. But with that being said, hope you'll have a good rest of your day. Peace. <laughs>